0: Glory, glory, Sacramento! Welcome to the Nine One Six Republic Podcast. I'm your host Scott,
1: and I'm your host Nolan. Excited to be talking to you today, tonight about all things Sacramento that has occurred the past two weeks. Scott, first of all, just give me give me a quick breakdown of what transpired in Las Vegas last weekend.
0: Yeah. So, first of all, we're we're sorry if you're if you're a longtime listener of the show, aka the past month. (laughs) Uh, you know that our shows usually come out on Tuesdays and it's not Tuesday. So we're sorry. It's been a crazy week. A lot of things happened. It's going to, like we said last show, it's going to be a crazy month. Thanks for bearing with us. Hmm. But Nolan, as you were saying, uh, we played a game in Las Vegas where we said a couple of things. Okay. Uh, we said, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of jumping ahead, jumping ahead to a question that we have later on that we're going to answer. Um, but we said that Irvin Parra was their most dangerous player. Mm-hmm. Um, we also said that set pieces were going to be big for Sacramento. And um, we were trying to, to kind of see if this was maybe a trap game, um, if Sacramento would be looking forward. So I think that in rewatching the game, the first half was pretty wide open. There wasn't. And when I say wide open, I mean it was even. That That's probably a better s- summarization. It's pretty even. Sacramento did have chances, but they didn't capitalize. And then all of a sudden in the second half, it was like the 51st minute. Hayden Partain is able to um, collect a, a rebound and, and put the ball in. Sacramento goes up, and I kind of sat back and was like, okay, I think we, we got this one. Yep. We're able to just lock it down defensively, and we'll be fine. Um, get a goal on the counter, which they did get a goal late on in the game. But by that time, it was... And it was a pathetic-looking goal, too. Oh, my gosh. It was gosh. Just it kind was, of like... It was like Reno was just like, yep, yeah, well, this is Nobody came over. back to defend. No. It was just... It, it, was, yeah. it was nothing. So, and the game was over because Reno scored four goals after Sacramento opened the scoring. Three goals in eight minutes. Three goals in eight minutes. I, I read a review... Uh, of a a a journalist that basically said that there's there was no explanation no really for what happened other than sacramento fell asleep for eight minutes of this soccer game they did and let reno not back in but win yeah um
1: it's a it's not reno vegas sorry but it's funny that you say reno because when i when i watched this game my mind instantly went back to last season When I was at Papa Murphy's Park, (sighs) and Sacramento was up 2-0 against Reno. And the same thing, mental, just absolute capitulation. Reno scored three goals in like, I think it was eight or 12 minutes or something like that. And and Reno came away with a win away from home against Sacramento, a rivalry game in which they were losing 2-0. And it was just frustrating and discouraging. And it was just a total mental lapse on the part of the Sacramento team. And the same thing happened this season with uh kind of those same court players that um were involved in the Reno game.
0: Yeah, I, I will say that I think this was a bit more fluky. Um I think that the last season Cohen didn't put a foot wrong, and this season we've already seen him by my count make three pretty big mistakes. What the first one 30? was so the first one was against Tacoma. Okay. He lets a ball go right under him. He was in the right position, lets the ball go under him, doesn't make the save. And he, he smacks the ground and gets up. Oh, I smacked the table. But um, he smacks the ground, and gets up, and you know you can see he's frustrated. And if he doesn't let that ball go in, maybe the game, the game ends 1-1. Or maybe Sacramento actually capitalizes on their chances again. And we win that game. But in this game, Cohen, by my count, has two big mistakes. The first one was a corner that he tries to come out for. There are bodies in front of him. He's not big enough. He's not strong enough. He can't punch the ball away. And Vegas is able to get the ball in the back of the net. If he was able to get anything on the ball, I don't think this is a goal. Um, the second one was the third goal. His feet just weren't set. It looks like he was trying to come out to be in a good position, but he he doesn't start that move early enough. So, by the time he tries to get his feet set to block or to, to save the, the shot, the ball's already going past him. Yeah. So, he reacts late. So, those are two mistakes that we didn't see from him last year. And if he corrects those two mistakes in this game, we're not talking about a 4-2 loss. We're talking about a 2-2 come from behind draw on the road going into a Fresno game, which we'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. So I think.
1: It was a rough game.
0: It was a rough game for Cohen. And you think a bit and more. He, he made games. actually multiple mistakes, but these were the two that resulted in goals. Yeah. So
1: it was an off day for Josh Cohen, just in general.
0: It was an off day for for Josh Cohen. It, it really, other than probably three chances in the first half, it was an off day for Sacramento. I know they do get the goal in the second half yeah. to open it. And then there's the goal in like the ninety fifth minute, but if you were watching the Vegas players, they were just letting Sacramento head the ball back and forth like yeah. four times yeah. before Blackwood finally says, "Forget this, and I'm heading it in yeah um Vegas didn't really even care at that point no. they were they were thinking, "I'm getting my chips because <laughs> we were winning by more than three goals um, so that's the game review, honestly. If you watched this game, you probably felt good going into the second half. You you watched the first game thinking, okay, we're doing good. Let's let's just get a goal and then see this one out. Because Vegas hasn't really done anything that particularly dangerous. There were a couple chances, but nothing that made me go, "Mm, I'm scared. Mm -hmm. But by the 73rd minute, you were probably dumbfounded how did we get here this was not what i saw happening this is not how sacramento plays soccer yeah you don't let in three goals in in eight eight minutes. minutes so hopefully this is the one game this year that that happens yeah um yeah and i think that it's interesting that sacramento let in this many goals considering some of the comments that head coach Eric Winaldo made. Nolan, what, what, did, uh, what do you think about those comments? Do, yeah. do you
1: have them up by, by chance? You, I don't happen to have them up. But the general gist of it was Eric Winaldo, the head coach of Las Vegas Lights, was interviewed by a, um, by a journalist before the game, and he pretty much said, uh, Sacramento likes to think that they're hard to, get to, right. to be scored on, but we'd love to put a few past them. Um, and reading that before the game uh i was just kind of like yeah whatever this is just some dude talk, hi, trying to hype up his fan base um turns out eric Rinalda might have more soccer intuition than we might than we might at all um i mean obviously he's one of <laughs> the best men's u.s men's soccer players of all time and he's done some really great things and now he's coaching a second yeah. u.s soccer team so i'm gonna he go knows more to about soccer say
0: than I do. eric do. Yeah. does know a little bit more about soccer than we do yes and I remember watching this game, and the commentators said something. Uh, I guess they had interviewed him pre-match, and uh, Eric Ronaldo said that their game plan was to try to get the ball to the end line and cross it in because Sacramento doesn't do well either with balls on the ground or in the air when they get to the end line. Yeah, And to be fair, they did that a lot the first half. Yeah. Um, and, and I also could tell that any time there was a corner or a long throw – or a set piece, they would crowd Cohen. Yeah. He's not a big guy, he's not a strong guy.
1: Even that goal where he had he barely punched it out, they he was there were like five or six Vegas guys on him that made it hard difficult for him to make good contact with the ball.
0: And that actually resulted in a shot that went over the bar. Yeah. Um so I think that they're definitely Vegas definitely showed one game plan for beating Sacramento. They didn't try to get in behind the fullbacks. Like most teams try to do. They try to suck Sacramento in and then get in behind the fullbacks. This was a little bit different type of game plan on how to beat Sacramento. And I, I a part of me wants to tip my hat to Eric Winalda. Yeah, that he clearly saw something and was good enough. Or was, I guess, I, I don't know, like brave enough. There you go to, yeah. to back his, his guys to go out and get the win. Yeah. I have a question
1: for you, Scott. Yes. That relates to this. If you so, I think this is a good bit of uh, journalism that just kind of brings me back to planet Earth. So, for you know, as a Sacramento fan, obviously you tend to uh, glaze over your team's weaknesses and really get hyped about playing a team who has a poor record and right isn't necessarily the youngest, brightest faces of the USL. Uh, in their squad but as a undispassionate fan of second division u.s soccer would you be scared going up against the sacramento would you legitimately be scared of going up against the sacramento team right now
0: so okay so so let's say i was a fan of random generic western conference team okay before the vegas game my thought would have been if we can get one goal, we're probably getting points from this game because Sacramento has shown that they're not a high-scoring team. Mm-hmm. They're not, I don't know, like LA Galaxy 2 of last year where they're going to put three or four past you, but they're only going to let you score two or three. So it, if you can be on that higher end of scoring, then you're going to be okay. Like, And you know that they're going to, be able to create chances. So my honest, my honest thought against playing Sacramento would be just don't let them get chances, some good chances and get a goal. you're going to be fine because you know that if you suck them in, there's going to be room to counter. There's going to be room to run against them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my honest assessment of, of Sacramento right now. And I, I don't, ah, like, like, okay. So let's say if we were doing a a podcast for another team and we did our own Western conference danger rankings, right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Sacramento would be on that list even before the Vegas game. Yeah. I think you would say, Ooh, yeah. Maybe if we played them in the playoffs and, and it was, you know, at Sacramento, I would be concerned, but or well, I'm not even not even at Sacramento because three of the past four years, Sacramento's been in the playoffs. They posted a playoff game and lost. Yeah, the only time they've won was when they were on the road in an eighth seed. So I don't know. I honestly, I don't think they would be because short of Cameron Awasa, who scores goals. Well, now maybe Sam Warner looks like he's that second option, mm-hmm. but now Cameron Awasa's hurt an ankle injury so which we'll talk about later so yeah i no, i long-winded way of saying no i don't think i i would be concerned about playing sacramento
1: but it's always good to be yeah yeah that's thank you for your honesty i feel the same way they're not the best team in the western in the western conference right now they have a good shot at competing and doing well despite that yeah anyway
0: so uh nolan you made a comment about a uh, some halftime show that was going on uh, with with Vegas. Do you want to take a minute and just kind of try to describe what yeah, you saw it, watching this game?
1: It was just weird. We we talked about in the previous episode how Las Vegas just does the most peculiar peculiar things for halftime entertainment for the cheerleaders were out the cheerleaders the were cheerleaders. out yeah i think that's why we let three goals in in eight minutes because they just started like twerking and we, <laughs> we just got crazy um yeah and he, they were like playing you they had like bubble soccer they had, well, they had a mariachi band with like is flamenco a dance flamenco Flamen- yeah they had like those flamenco, people yeah. out there doing it with like yeah they were doing that and then they had like bubble soccer balls and a guy dressed up as like nacho libre trying to knock him over
0: he's like like a luchador yeah Yeah. and and like the guys in the bubble soccer balls were like circling him it was just weird like vultures for the for meat on the
1: the highway or something yeah Yeah. it was and
0: like oh dude yeah i don't know
1: it was really weird but anyway yeah that that's just to highlight the fact that it was just a weird night and we are going to forget about it yep yep scott so i'm moving on to something more interesting did we
0: yeah okay yeah sorry sorry go for it oh we kind of
1: yeah yeah did we get this game right?
0: Ah, uh, yes and no. That's my answer. Okay. Yes, Irvin Parr was dangerous. Yes, they did long throw-ins. I yes. have to point
1: out the title of our previous episode contains the sentence "Vegas is a trap!" Vegas, exclamation point.
0: Vegas is a trap. We got that right. Yes. The no part of my answer, because things can be two things, yeah. is I don't think that Irvin Parra was the most dangerous. I just think he was a dangerous it, player. He scored the first goal. for He minutes. did. He had some good shots. I think the most dangerous player actually was the player that they transferred from Memphis. Did you did you see this? No. Okay, so the player that scored the fir- the fourth goal the one that was just the backbreaker. Yeah. His name is Junior Sandoval. Okay, so he was a transfer from Memphis 901. Huh. New team, expansion team in the East. So they signed him, I think on a free, I want to say. Huh. And then Eric Gonalda, I guess, looked at his team and said, I need an attacking midfielder. I need a number 10, a guy that can pull strings and work his butt off. Hmm. And they go out and pay money. It's a, it's a transfer. They paid money. To get Junior Sandoval from Memphis, huh. which I haven't I haven't seen often. I don't I don't hear of many championship teams paying transfer fees for players, especially not from other championship teams. Yeah. So back in the NASL days a, a couple of seasons ago, um, Miami FC paid a transfer fee for a player from NYCFC, uh, Poku. He was a striker, and he was he was playing consistently for NYCFC, Major League Soccer, huh. and then goes down to at that time, which was Division Two NASL. But
1: that's really rude. but.
0: Miami had a lot of money like they were paying players similar to what and they were low low level MLS players right they were kind no they weren't jockeying they were more trying to like kind of compete like look we have money too we can pay players too yeah so that doesn't surprise me but Vegas saying hey we have a transfer budget for you to go get players that that's kind of like a next level championship yeah structure like I don't I don't think Sacramento has a transfer budget. Yeah. At least I'm not aware if they do. They don't, when they announce player signings, they don't say we've transferred this player. We just say, Oh, we've signed this player. Yeah. So that was surprised. Like that. I remember his name because I was like, wow, they paid a transfer fee for him. And then he goes and scores this curling goal that Josh Cohen was in the right place for, but by that, it it was just a banger. So yeah, did we get it right? Yes. I was very surprised by Junior Sandoval. He's a very good player. Reagan. I'm going to be looking forward to seeing what he does this year for Vegas. Yeah.
1: And another thing we got right, we mentioned Sammy Ochoa, former Sacramento Republic FC player, and he ended up starting the game for Las Vegas and yeah. came out as a sub in the 64th. So that's kind of fun.
0: Yeah, I, so... it's Good to see him. I I think I said I didn't expect him to start but I would expect him to see him see him in the game like come on as a sub, and we saw him and we did see him he started and he he still looks like Good, old, good old, old, Sammy Ochoa. Sammy Ochoa. Like he loved,
1: loves those burgers. Le- he loves his burgers. I shouldn't he make fun of it. His he song he, he,
0: song he. I shouldn't make fun of his weight, but he just looks like he's a just, chunky dude. He's not a soccer. He doesn't, look, he like doesn't a soccer look like a soccer player. But
1: I love it. I remember sitting in a game when he was on for, played for Sacramento, and these two ladies behind me were like, "I like the chunky man out there. Like, <laughs> it's good to see someone with realistic body types." Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> last night, <laughs> last <laughs> night Sacramento ended up playing. Not oh. they were they did play
0: Fresno F C and we got came away Highway ninety nine Derby. Fresno F C Highway
1: ninety nine Derby.
0: Yeah. Fresno Don't FC. know why it's not I five, but you know uh, whatever.
1: I've only gone to Fresno via ninety nine, so
0: That's true. I guess that I think makes five sense. go go five goes go it's further away, yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway, uh much better result, a one zero win. Yeah. So again, not a lot of scoring. It was an away game in Fresno at
0: Chichonsky Park. Yep. Um, so, which is a baseball stadium, but it it, it kind of looks it, empty. Well, it was a Wednesday game; it looked empty. Yeah, that's true. But it? it's like a very enclosed, like the the state the seat the seats, the seats are up, close to the field, yeah, and it's very close to the field. So, in yeah. terms of baseball stadiums for soccer games, this is I feel like one of the better ones that I've seen. Yeah. Anyway,
1: interesting. We'll have to take a trip down there sometime. Yeah.
0: But my question for you, Scott, is this: Was this a
1: good? simon elliott sits down after the las vegas game and says i expect a response from this just complete capitulation that i saw within those eight minutes on the field yep is this what he was looking for four days later
0: so again i think yes and no i i don't think he expected Bijev and awasa to be hurt
1: do we know what happened to Bijev? because i know he had picked up he, a knock a,
0: his uh i saw the report said a hamstring injury okay. Um, and then Awasa. It's an ankle. Yeah, and we'll talk about if we're concerned oh, yeah, about, about them to, in a bit. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, it's the response that he wanted. I don't think he got the response playing the style of soccer he wants to play. Yeah. But I heard a quote one time from a um, an, an, an analyst, a, a, a American football analyst, that said, good teams aren't teams that win beautiful beautifully every game good teams are teams that find ways to win hmm. because you're not going to win beautifully every game no. but you can win ugly a lot of games so in that regard it's an ugly win yeah and maybe that's what he, he was looking for because we've said multiple times that sacramento doesn't start games well yeah and maybe that's they don't have the fight. They're not in the right mental state when the game starts. I'm not sure. So for for me, just looking at what
1: happened chronologically in, in this game versus the game in Las Vegas, right. we had a goal. So in Las Vegas, we get a goal on the road. We know that we are solid defensively. We're relative. We think we're hard to score on. As uh, Eric Winaldo says, yeah, we're like okay, we have this locked up. Sit back, counter say it's take three points here yeah just mentally check out get scored on three times in eight minutes right the same concern happened for me last night when i when i we were kind of like in and out watching the game we were yeah we were busy but we get a goal in the 29th minute mm-hmm. and I'm like well here we are again on the road scoring early we're up one zero we maybe realize we're not as good at defending as we thought we were but still What's What does this mean? Now Fresno has nothing to lose. They're going to just be putting guys forward. Right. Um, I'm just not sure that Sacramento is going to be able to hold up under the pressure for 70 minutes. They ended up doing that. With
0: injuries, yeah. With
1: injuries, doing that really well. Right. Um, so in that sense, it was a great response for me just seeing that they were involved 70 minutes after going up 1-0 yeah. and, def- and keeping a clean sheet after yeah, so, so four goals in. So
0: that was our concern coming into the game, but... Nolan, I know you're a little bit newer to USL than I am. So do you know anything about Sacramento's connection with Fresno, the Republic and Fresno FC? Huh? Okay. Head coach, Adam Smith, former Sacramento Republic assistant coach. Huh? Um, So connection there. He has taken a couple of former Sacramento Republic players over to Fresno. So, um, Augustine Casares, um, or sorry, yeah, Casares, um, midfielder, box to box funny. guy, hard worker. Um, moved over to to Fresno, Christian Cheney. he's start. He's been starting for them at forward. Huh. Um, picks up a yellow, and there's some drama about this. Um, he's been starting for them as well. Uh, Mickey Daly is a former Republic center back from like 2014. So like, like a their long time inaugural ago, season. inaugural season, he has bounced around. He was with Oklahoma for a little bit, Oklahoma city, uh, last season in this season, he's been with Fresno. So there's a little bit of history there in terms of coaching, a couple of players, um, and also some front office staff. So the, there's a guy, uh, that worked for Sacramento that went over to Fresno to be their exec, executive vice president of ticket sales. Hmm. Um and Fresno FC is also the affiliate for the Vancouver Whitecaps. So, okay. I don't think they've received any loan players yet. If they have, I haven't they weren't like big name players I'm like, "Oh, I should watch that player." Yeah. So, Sacramento and and Fresno have a little bit of history. And because of that, and it's uh one of it's I think maybe a little bit closer than Reno. Oh, they're pro- they're about the same distance away. Yeah. So, rivalry game they have history with coaching front office staff and players it was a chippy games last year and we weren't sure if sacramento could hold up even if they did get a lead yeah and it's another road game and it's midweek so needless to say i don't think nolan and i were feeling very confident when we were talking about this game yeah and then we saw that there were two injuries to
1: our two attacking players
0: yeah to our our two attacking players so, with we're, we're not going to try to do a, a any type of deeper dive review because we only watched probably about 40, th- 35, 40 minutes of the 90-minute game. Mm-hmm. And it was chunks of, and pieces of it. So, we're not going to even try to do any type of tactical analysis. What we will do is give some stats that stood out to us after watching... The games that we did so nolan what is your big stat that stood out to you after watching about half of this game
1: my big stat is that sacramento blocked nine of reno's 18 sorry yeah 18 of reno's shots
0: they brought they blocked nine of nine reno's. of their
1: 18 shots yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah 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 um was it nine or seven nine. i saw seven now that i think about it
1: no it was nine or seven anyways
0: Nine to seven. Okay, nine to seven. <laughs> <laughs> nine. Let's settle on eight. Yeah, yeah. Eight block shots for Sacramento. You know this is why we have technology. Keep talking. I'm it was seven.
1: Up. I wrote it down wrong, and I made a mental note to fix it. And then I was like, yeah, <laughs> "Okay, fix it." And then I just write it off. It was seven. Uh, seven block shots to Sacramento's zero. So that means that Sacramento's defenders got s- some sort of body part to the ball before the fresno player got a shot off so that's just interesting to me that we were
0: right defensively solid and that's interesting to me too because i've made a note before that sacramento blocks a lot of shots yeah um so when you look at fresno and you say oh wow they took 18 shots that's wow that's a lot of shots if they're able to get any sort of normal conversion rate um then that's that's gonna be a problem sorry Nolan's dog is He's in the room snoring. and her is snoring oh so gosh. loud. Should we wake Target? up? I don't know. Kicker. Um, so, oh, my gosh. Wow. That's impressive. If you can hear that, I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Okay. So um, so when, when I saw that they blocked seven shots of their 18, I was like, oh, okay, wow. So m- maybe there were shots that I saw that or that I didn't see that Fresno took that maybe weren't actually good chances. They were just kind of ripping shots because they were down and they at home and it's a rivalry game. So they're like, we got to get a goal. We got to get a goal. We got to get a goal. So maybe Fresno was a bit more hurried and we're taking less quality shots, which led to a good portion of them being blocked. Yeah. And then if you go a little bit further, you see that 10 of their 18 shots weren't on target. Hmm. So you have seven shots blocked. 10 not on target if you can do math that leaves one One. shot one shot on target at home against your rival
1: had one job yeah
0: he had one literally one job to do and he did it and he did it proud of him yeah so that gives me a little bit more uh kind of a, a silver lining to to this game especially when you see that my big stat sacramento Only had 38% possession. Ah! That's not the Sacramento we're used to. We're used to seeing a lot more possession, which leads me to think that either A, Sacramento didn't play well, which correlates to the first question of, was this a good response? Or B, Sacramento changed their tactical approach, diverted a little bit and said, we are going to be less possession and a bit more deeper line counterattacking.
1: Which totally makes sense when you consider the fact that our prime two primary players who provide attacking uh, strength mm-hmm. are injured and we're not playing this game. Yeah. So, like, we could hold the ball and do what with it? Like, and, right. Get exactly. it to Tyler Blackwood, who's not going to be have the strength or the just the no, the. Intuition like Cameron Watts has to go for goal and just score these amazing go for the ball go for the goal at, from it behind the eighteen or whatever.
0: No, Tyler, Tyler Blackwood is not your your strong hold up number nine forward. Yeah. That's Bonomo who was on the bench. Right, Blackwood is more like if I could relate Blackwood to a player that people would know, and this is a generous. <laughs> a generous it's comparison it's generous, generous, generous. it would be um oh my gosh team byron munich number nine we've talked about him before
1: robert lewandowski
0: not number nine. oh,
1: oh oh i'm sorry thomas muller
0: thomas muller yeah. thank you
1: the romsden yeah the, guy, the space yeah. investigator Spa- yeah. space he, exploiter.
0: when blackwood plays up top he is going to try to make a couple runs in behind but his strength is going to be popping up in dangerous places when you least expected him to. Like when he scored against Sacramento, it was a rebound off a shot and he was able to put it back in. Yeah. When I saw him score goals when he was with uh, Swope Park last year, that's exactly what it was. It was mm. he's consistently making runs, making runs, doing hard work defensively, and it pays off because nice he's in the part. right spot at the right time Yeah. and get service in.
1: He's not That doesn't
0: lead yeah, that type of forward doesn't lend itself to a necessarily a possession style. Yeah. It's a little bit more counterattacking and allowing people to open up space for him. Yeah.
1: Scott, are you concerned about the current injuries that we have? Okay. We see a game where we play where we win, we get a result without them. But looking forward at the next just three games right is this a concern for sacramento
0: i'm i'm concerned for awasa okay i don't know what type of ankle injury it was they the sacramento didn't release that information and i'm learning also that the best way to find out the injury reports is to go on the republic's twitter um because the game report didn't uh didn't have sacramento's injuries they only had um, they only had, um, uh, sorry. They, uh, what is this Fresno? They only had Fresno injuries, Yeah, but Sacramento's, uh, Twitter did. So I'm concerned for Owasa because if we go back to, oh, what game was it? The Phoenix game. Yeah. He didn't start, came on as a sub and it was because he was dealing with an injury. He had picked up midweek. Fast forward to the next game, which was Vegas. Doesn't
1: start. Doesn't
0: start. Doesn't come on. Doesn't come on. He's not even on the bench, I believe. Now, Fresno.
1: Sleeping, getting recovery rest.
0: Doesn't start. Not on the bench. That sounds like a bigger injury to me that he's missed now two and a half games. I hope he'll be ready for one of the Reno games. Um, but because he hasn't played, its I mean, it's not like he's not 100% match fit. Like, I don't expect him to start mm-hmm. the Reno game coming up this weekend. If he could be on the bench, though, that would be great. But I also don't want him to be rushed back and then get hurt more. So because of that, I'm i am concerned because we don't have another player that can do what Cameron Owosso can do. Yeah. He is, he he has a nose for goal, like not many people in the league.
1: Yeah, how would do you think we're gonna get score goals now with with playing Blackwood as a striker and mm-hmm. Sam Werner as a winger and yeah all that stuff.
0: Well, it's not Bijev, that's for sure. We've yeah. seen that, and yeah. he's hurt. And he's hurt, and it's a hamstring injury. Which, if those don't heal properly, you're at risk of reaggravating it. So it's not Bijev. Sam Warner, like we've said, seems he's a good player. Actually, might be the best offseason signing so far. Yeah, I, I mean, Deco Keenan has been very good at center back. Yes, he um, he's drawn a lot of fouls, but honestly, he's they're offended. soft fouls, yeah. if, if you ask me. So, i I would say that Sam Warner would be number one. I have. I I think I I know who you're going to say. Can I guess it? Yeah, yeah. Is it Hayden Partain? It is Hayden Partain. Yes, let's go. I (laughs) I freak... Honestly? This is just... Yeah. Hayden Partain... Okay, so I listen to a a fantasy football podcast because Nolan and I are in a fantasy football league together (laughs) and they talk about my guys. Like, oh, he's he's my
1: guy. He's my guy. Hayden Partain's your guy. Hayden Partain is my guy. He's my guy. I love Hayden Partain. There's nothing really, like that stands out about him to me.
0: I'm going to 100% disagree. I actually think he's pretty good at scoring. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. Like, I remember watching, he came in the 2017-18, mm-hmm. 2017 season. Yeah. So he's been with us for three years now. Um, and he scored a game winner against, oh, I, forget, I was there at home. I forget who the who, was, who it was, but he won man of the match and
0: he knew signing. J- from, just go go back and watch Sacramento's away game against Tulsa last year scored two bangers. Oh, we watched that. Do you remember we that watched... ban- Oh, yeah. yeah, that was a beaut.
1: He's just an excellent player. He came from Wake Forest, which just kind of, like, sounds like... Mis- I know I know, Wake Forest is, like, a big university somewhere in, like... Virginia. Good soccer school, yeah. Good soccer school, but it just sounds like... It's it's in North Carolina. North Carolina. It yeah. just sounds, like, mystical, like he's from the forest. Yeah. And, like, he kind of plays... He's gritty, and he's mm-hmm. tough, and he scores these, like... I mean, yeah, he plays goals. with an attitude. Yeah. Like,
0: and, like, he deserves to be on the field. Yeah. And... I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to foul him harshly because I think he's the type of player that has no problem letting you know that he's there.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: I like the combination of him and Partain in the midfield. They're smaller. Sorry, him and uh, a Warner. Okay, they're smaller guys, but it's not like they can't be physical. Yeah. Where in the past, I think Sacramento have had smaller guys that just kind of fall. Cannot be physical. They they do fall over that's not these two guys. No. Tough. So I like them in the midfield. Yeah.
1: Maybe yeah. So anyway, I think I think we can rely on him for goals. He scored in the Las Vegas game. Mm-hmm. And it was actually a decent like pretty acrobatic late run into the box and then like jumps over a defender and right. does something cool and scores a goal. And that was really fun to watch. Yeah. So And it put sack up and then they just fell apart. And I I don't know if he was responsible for part of it. he probably I'm sure he was. He's he's a midfielder, but um yeah. Yeah, I think he, he's decent through. on set pieces. He yeah.
0: puts a good ball in. So does Warner puts a good ball in on yeah. set pieces.
1: And then Tyler Blackwood, he's going to get more chances playing as a striker.
0: Yeah. So our, uh, let, let me kind of flip the question on you, on you then. Yeah. Those are two midfielders we're talking about. Are we concerned with our strikers and their form? Bonomo, <laughs> Blackwood. Those are the two guys that would so, play up top.
1: I think... Yes. Okay. I think that there's something going on with Stefano Bonomo that maybe we're not seeing, that Simon Elliott is seeing, and that's the reason that he's not starting. You don't rotate a striker in the lineup. The striker is doing the least amount of defensive work, the least amount of tracking back, the least amount of really physical exertion over 90 minutes. They are staying near the half line,
0: only running about half the length of the field right
1: making in being in predatory positions and playing balls into for blackwood to run onto and just kind of being a physical guy who attracts you know a double coverage from the defense or something right like that. right
0: right
1: you need exposure to game like to 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 playing 90 minutes in order to to get into form start grow, start scoring goals it's just how how you have to play as a striker you don't see a lot of rotation in strikers in soccer right. i can't i can't because think you of, want that chemistry right i can't think of, like cristiano ronaldo i mean he's a winger or whatever but yeah he, uh, he he's moved up top
0: yeah. as he's yeah, gotten yeah. older yeah he
1: has and he part of it is his mentality he just can't sit on the bench It's not what he right. does right but even with like mo Salah is another he's played as a striker and he rarely rests and they have they're in four competitions at, at one point in the season so yeah um, City or Man City rotates their strikers relatively frequently. Sergio Aguero comes off. No, they it's usually Ressane. because they're
0: hurt. Yeah, Aguero gets hurt, so um, Sane or Jesus. Yeah, so Gabriel Jesus comes in. Yeah. Jesus gets hurt, and they yeah. rotate and they rotate even and they rotate. Lewandowski
1: always starts. Like you, just, the striker, the striker has to start.
0: Yeah, is my thought. And so. those are a little bit. Maybe not fair comparisons because those are literally world class yeah, players. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. like, of course you're gonna play them. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, okay. Anyway, Southampton, right? Yeah. Um. Who's Danny it? Ings? Yeah. Shane Long, like they start. Yep. Those are the guys that fit the system. They start. Yeah. Anyway, um,
1: I think well, we need a I, striker. I, he needs to start. He needs to get chances. So I'm,
0: I'm, a, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. I I think that now. We can connect the goal scoring to the recent signing that Sacramento's mm. made, which if you're listening to this show, you've probably known that they made a signing and we're like, hmm, why aren't they talking about Juan, Juan Barahona? Barahona?
1: Well,
0: we're They're going to talk lot. about him now. Yeah. <laughs> so we, I, th- I think we need to talk about the tactics for Sacramento. They want to push their fullbacks up. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. They want them to be involved. So Juan Barahona is a left back. Okay. Yes. From El Salvador, played at Santa Tecla. Um, Loves to get forward. Has had a good history in the El El Salvadorian League of being successful getting forward. Mm -hmm. And when they first made the signing, I was thinking, okay, well, Shannon Gomez is pretty good, so maybe they're going to put him out on the wing, on the left wing, and then move Sam Warner over to the right wing with Partain. Now you've got a dangerous midfield. But the more I kind of thought about it, and we talked about it a little bit just before the show started, I actually think this might be a just like-for-like like replacement with Gomez hmm. because they need someone that's that adds a bit of width and is dangerous from the fullback position. McCrary hasn't gotten forward with much success, and neither really has Gomez. Gomez will get forward, but when the ball is at his feet, He's not crossing it. He's not looking to put the ball in a dangerous position. He's looking to lay it off. So I think with Barahona, he's going to be that dangerous person that can combine with uh, a winger. I actually do think that maybe this moves um, Warner to the right so that Barahona can be on the left and now you have two guys that can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it spreads the field out, which is what Sacramento wants to do. Which is a interesting thought about the Vegas game because their field is very narrow. Hmm. Very narrow. So it's hard to spread the field out, which is what Sacramento wants to do. Hmm. Might be a little tactical thing that Sacramento didn't overcome. And then they go play at Fresno, a baseball field, and maybe they figured out a little bit more, which is why they maybe tweaked their system. But Nolan, what what do you think about this signing?
1: I think he's, I think it's exciting. It's fun to see a guy who has, um, experience at a really high level of playing soccer. So he's played in like five world cup qualifying games. He has 20 senior career appearances for El Salvador. That's Um, huge to me. Like that's
0: massive. That's a different type of player that Sacramento has signed.
1: They bring a sense of just, wisdom and uh calmness experience yeah, yeah to the to the squad it would much in the same way that deckel yeah. keenan does insert
0: I mean, like commentator cliche yeah they yeah. bring black yeah they,
1: they bring a real a real stability to the team oh and he's he, a locker room presence they, yeah exactly so yeah. i mean i've never been in a locker
0: room i or, don't
1: know <laughs> but i can just imagine i i'm young nervy sam verner who just you know i played in college which is awesome and he's an elite Level athlete, but just having knowing that you have a guy who is going to support you, who has played in CONCACAF Champions League games, and like Scott, you said you watched uh, Santa Tecla play against Sounders, yeah, the Seattle and, Sounders yeah.
0: in twenty sixteen, yeah, seventeen. Like, this is a very good team, yeah. So, and Santa Tecla actually beat the Sounders at home two to one. Oh, wow. uh, I went back and watched the highlights, and then Santa, um. Uh, uh, the Sounders ran away with the game when they played in Seattle 4-0 yeah. and they were able to, to advance. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, he he played in both games and yeah. I, rem- I, I remember watching thinking, wow, this Santa Tecla team from El Salvador is actually not bad. Yeah, And he was a part of that.
1: Yeah. And in terms of um, getting the most out of the current squad with the two injuries we have in Cameron Owassa and Bijev, I... I mentioned earlier before the podcast like I like I like our current back line. I like both Tyler Blackwood and Stefano Bonomo. So my like a lineup that I see playing working out really well is our, our back line of Gomez, Keenan, Tanner, McCrary. and then we have a midfield four with Juan Barrajona playing on the left, kind of get be, being given license to push High up is almost a left sided winger in attack. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, Ray Sari, Drew Skundritz, and Drew Skundritz forming like a midfield pivot um, in the center of the midfield. And then Sam Werner kind of being given the same license as Barahona on the right side of a four man midfield. And then Blackwood playing off of Bonomo. Okay. I I, I think that. So Partain's on the bench. Hayden Partain is on the bench but he's your guy. He's my guy. I know. I didn't, I didn't I didn't really think about that either. Um I mean he I mean Skundrich can't play every game. Werner can't play every game. Yeah, that's true. Sorry he can't play every game. So there's going to be rotation, but
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I would love to see a 442 because I, I just think it it allows for such an even coverage of the field, yeah. especially defensively. But that's not what
1: I, I just kind of let that go,
0: yeah, because it's just not what Sacramento has done, yeah, and it doesn't feel like that's what they've practiced. So I, I think if there's going to be a variation yeah. from the four three three what that Sacramento's been playing, it's going to be a four two three one, which is a bit more defensive. Yeah. you're not going to push that midfielder up or it could be a four one four one which would be maybe closer to what yeah. you're saying um but yeah
1: yeah anyway so but that's exciting Juan Berjona maybe he will start in this game against Reno happening this Saturday um but Scott I have a question so you mentioned you were you've been telling me lately about San Jose Earthquakes are Mm. playing a very interesting style of like zonal man marking defense yes Reno is an affiliate of San Jose the second division U.S. soccer team affiliate yes their current head coach is come from their youth development uh, academy. Uh-huh. Before the this before current, before this current right. head coach, but but he, still.
0: yeah, Ian Russell has a long as yeah. you, were, you were telling me before the show. Ian Russell has a long history with San with Jose. San Jose. He's yes. Played
1: for them. He's managed for them. He's been part of their reconstruction project after they left San Jose and came back from Houston or whatever. Um, and so yeah, big San Jose guy. Do you do you think that San, that Reno will play? That, that, that this has trickled down, this style of okay. defensive zonal, zonal man marking has trickled yeah. down to the Reno team.
0: Okay, so let me explain this a little bit. So from the little bit I've watched San Jose and the things I've read and listened to, most teams will play a zonal defensive system, meaning when somebody comes in your zone, they are your man. Hmm. You mark them. You are responsible for marking them, at least. San Jose plays a zonal man marking or a zonal man system so instead of a zone system it's a zone man Hmm. meaning when a guy comes in your zone you mark them when they leave your zone you continue to mark them the result is what the result is going to look like absolute chaos yeah that should that's what san jose wants they want you to be confused and to not understand how to open up space because Mm -hmm. everyone is always marked. That's the idea. Then you turn the ball over, they counter fast and they score. Yeah, I don't think Reno will be set up in that way. I don't think so because that's a complicated system Mm -hmm. and Ian Russell isn't schooled in that style of play. So it's not like you can just change all your philosophies about how the game should be played overnight. Yeah. Um, if San Jose has told Reno to slowly integrate that system in training and then, you know, in, in gameplay, and Reno does try to come out against Sacramento in that defensive setup, I think... All Sacramento has to do to beat it is play their game mm-hmm. whatever your game plan is, do that um,
1: Run your race
0: yeah when <laughs> when San Jose has been beaten this year, it's not because teams have changed. It's because teams have just said this is what we're good at, this is what we're gonna do. you try to beat us mm-hmm. because then when San Jose has the ball, they don't know what to do. they're not used to it. they have not a lot of uh, you know game plan with the ball they can't break you down so i think all sacramento has to do is just play their game be defensively solid and confuse san jose by making intelligent runs sorry and yes reno by making intelligent runs off the ball that open up space for then sacramento players to run into yeah um so that is, I think, how you will beat them. But I, I, I honestly don't think Reno I'm, will come up with I'm
1: skeptical. I don't think that they will. Yeah. I think, it, I think it's too complicated of a system to, to implement at the USL level, not at the USL level, but um, with a group of players who just aren't there. Going to be, they're not there for yeah. three, four year contracts or whatever. They're, yeah. they're on a one year and an option to sign for two. And this is something that, that um, was kind of that I thought heard uh ah, to say it. I heard it on a podcast earlier. <laughs> uh that when managers send players on loan to another team, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily want them to play, to go to a team that plays the exact same style of football that they play at from the team that they're being loaned from. They want them to go maybe go play in a system that is complete if you play an attacking style of football that is possession based and you have full books fullbacks pushing up it might be good for you to go to a team that plays a four-two-three-one and and bunkers, yeah, and possesses yeah. for thirty. You know, you don't want to. Obviously, you don't want to be go to a team that plays a solid four-four-two, possesses fifteen percent of the game, and you know the midfielders don't even touch the ball for ninety minutes. But to go to a system that maybe is different from the one that you implement at your team is good for your young players to go into that environment, have to learn and adapt in that, and they come away from it being smarter, more intelligent players who can take tactical instruction and go with it and not just be schooled in one uh, style and only know that style Yeah, and not have the mental and intellectual ability to kind of flex that a little bit.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And like you said, Reno is a, a development team for San Jose. Yeah. So they are going to want to learn maybe some different styles, different facets of the game. Did you have anything else to add with Reno's manager Ian Russell?
1: I think I just think he's an interesting guy. He played He's for, a good coach. I'll, I'll give a, him that. Yeah. He's a very good coach. He's a good coach. He um was with San Jose after they came So, interesting fact about San Jose. Some people may not know this, some people may know this. I found out about it today. They like were one of the one of the first teams of MLS. And then in like 2005 or 2006 just couldn't secure they couldn't build a uh, st- a stadium to fit MLS soccer in. And right. MLS said, Well, sorry, you can't be a team or be a franchise or something like that. Like you violated your contract. Yeah. This is built into the contract. They, they
0: basically did. told the owners, move. Yeah. Move so they, they moved your they
1: moved to Houston. I don't know I don't exactly know how it all worked because they like the tr- the records didn't transfer, so like the all time leading goal scorer right. at San Jose, whatever. Right. Anyway they effectively moved to Houston for a couple of years became the Houston the, the Dynamo. The league basically
0: said we are keeping putting you on pause. The, uh, we're we're keeping the naming rights and all of that yeah. with the city of San Jose, huh. but you have to move your people yeah. and your club essentially to Houston. Weird. I that's what happened. Anyway. And then they found another investor that was like, "Yes, I'll build the yeah. stadium and then
1: then we got it, and they came back in like 2009. Like,
0: th- the, yeah, they came back in 2009, but the stadium wasn't done until 2016 or 2017. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah.
1: That's crazy. Anyway, Ian Russell was a part of that whole rebuild yep. as a coach yep. and was a part of the team before that as a player. Yeah. So, interesting guy. Yeah. And I'm excited to see how he uh, manages his team against Sacramento. Scott. Mm. Sacramento play Reno on Saturday at home in the USL. This is true championship this is for the table three points one point it's a lead game points. lead game yes wednesday sacramento plays reno at home in the u.s open cup
0: this is also true nolan this is
1: also true this game is a win-lose situation We go an extra time we go into penalty shootouts if there is still a draw at 120 minutes and then move on to the next round of the u.s open cup which game do you think is more important for sacramento to win Obviously, we'd like to win both. Obviously, ideally, we are
0: winning both games by 17 goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That's what what you train for. And
1: I'm not even asking, like, which one would you rather win or something like that. But, like... The question
0: we literally wrote down was, which game is more important? What is more important? important? Okay. I'm going to pull up the table just so we can give the people... um, Give it to the Give give them the context. Okay. So, right now, with Sacramento... And I would think Sacramento's... We would agree not off to the start that we wanted. No. Okay. Sacramento, four wins, two draws, three losses, 14 points, fourth in the West. Okay. They are a game. They have a game in hand on the first and second place teams, New Mexico and Tulsa, who are on 17 and 15 points, respectively. So they are within striking distance of, of being first. first. Yeah. With a not a good start. Yeah. And injuries. Uh, Reno is in eighth, nine games played, so the same as Sacramento, thirteen points. So it's a it's a close table. Okay, there's not a lot of points separating. So Sacramento in fourth on fourteen points, three points separate them from the fifteenth spot, Austin in a, with eleven points. So it's a wide open Western Conference. Yeah. No one has separated themselves even Tacoma at the bottom has six points. A couple of results go their way. They're back in it. Yeah. So this really they is a why. Get their wide... adults back. Yeah. Seriously. Get your not like junior hires back. Like get your people that can like have their permit yeah. back.
1: I heard from a podcast that shall not be named <laughs> that they refer to Tacoma as t- Tacoma High School. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pretty accurate. It's
0: like Tacoma High School, like, reserves. Yeah. yeah. It's like,
1: Austin played Tacoma High School this past weekend and yeah. made the little kids cry.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> Took their lunch money. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, I'm inclined to say the league. If th- if this was any other game, I would say the league game is has to be most important because of how close it is. And we're nine games through the season, so that's like a quarter of the way. Like we said, last week was a a little bit shy, so now we're a little bit over of a quarter of the way through the season. And that's an important game. But the Open Cup is very important to Sacramento. That's the chance that you can show what you're capable of against a Major League Soccer team. So Sacramento is going to have to beat Reno, and then they're probably going to have to beat another championship team and then they can play an in MLS side. team in the, what would that be, the fourth round or something like yeah. that. So I think if Sacramento loses to Reno in the Open Cup, it's a big blow. If my memory serves correct, Sacramento has only once not gotten to the round in the Open Cup where they play a Major League Soccer team that was i believe 3 years ago when they lost to it's an npsl team i don't think it was the sonoma county soul it was somebody else but this is a very important a very important tournament for sacramento they can afford to rest players on saturday to be ready for the midweek game but it's going to look very bad if you rest players midweek, lose, play them, or rest players on the weekend, lose, and then play them midweek, and then don't get a result. Yeah. That's going to be embarrassing. So I'm I'm honestly torn.
1: Yeah.
0: What do you think? I'm not. I
1: could (laughs) care less about the US Open Cup. I do not understand. That blows
0: my mind. I do not understand why we
1: care so much about a tournament where we are going to, Maybe win one game, go to San Jose or go to l a f c or go to San antonio oh
0: my gosh you have, I, and just you, get I,
1: destroyed I, by no some hundred, and just picked apart by an m l s side by the reserves team of an m l s side there's no reason to put to put any weight on this midweek game. It is just it's like a training session dude I I, I
0: I i one hundred percent disagree i i i honestly, look at this
1: if we lose this league game against Reno reno gets three points they go up to 16 points they are in eighth place right now in the in the western they're, Conference. they're gonna they would jump up so they, they would they would jump us and a ton of other people they jump up into into second
0: behind uh, new mexico not yeah assuming so assuming everyone else loses. tulsa doesn't have a game this week tulsa's played 10 so that and would they hurt. don't have a game new mexico does have a game yeah so you're right they would be in 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 second yeah. at, at at the best yeah I don't know. I tor- Portland has a game. And I, like, I, I, yeah.
1: And I hadn't even looked at 15th being at 11 points.
0: 16th. Yeah. Austin and 16th or 15th. Yeah. Yeah. fifteenth. Sorry.
1: And we are at fifth 14. Yeah. That is, that should scare some people. Like that is yeah. one loss and one win away from being in 15th. Yeah. What us losing and then winning from 15th. literally
0: if Austin beats us. Yeah. And that, that's the difference. Yeah actually the difference
1: and i don't care like we have to make it to the playoffs of the u.s like like you just have to do well in your league like that's just how so, sports so then work. okay so
0: then i guess this poses a, a question for us because if if you're listening to this podcast you're probably a fan of european soccer and this is a question i've been asking myself for the past couple of seasons now I think it was, about yeah. premier league clubs yeah okay english Top flight clubs. Yeah. Is the Premier League this. more important to them than the Champions League?
1: Ooh. No.
0: Here's it's my not. reasoning. It's all about the Benjamins. Okay. The money. If you win the Premier League, you're winning more money
1: than the Champions than league? the Champions
0: League. Oh. Okay. I don't think that's true of every other league in the world. Okay. Okay. If you win the Premier League, you're getting over a hundred million dollars okay like uh, close to like two maybe over 200 million dollars i I can't remember the last time i looked it up how much it was so uh, 200 is too much but it's over a hundred million dollars yeah if you win the champions league it's like 60 or 70 million or something like that that's
1: an average striker
0: right yeah but this is
1: cristiano Ronaldo,
0: right so I guess the question that I asked, like, okay, is the league more important than this big competition? In my eyes, Sacramento has the league. Making the playoffs obviously is the goal. Yeah. I would say that Sacramento's stated goal is to win the Western Conference every season. Yeah. Like, not just make the playoffs, but win the Western Conference. If we're being realistic, it's to host a Western Conference game. Yeah. Whatever the playoff structure is, host a Western Conference game first round game you want to you want to put yourself in that position
1: yeah
0: so is being top four in our top five uh well, so, well it's top four. four it's top four being top four in the western conference more important to this club than
1: putting on a show getting picked apart by lafc in the fourth round but they LAFC. weren't picked apart They they took it to extra time.
0: It it wasn't. They scored. They got scored on in like the eighty sixth or eighty seventh minute or something like that. But they were up against LAFC. So this is last season U.S. Open Cup. But see, you you skipped a game because to get to LAFC, they had to beat the Real Real Salt Lake, which they did at home. Yeah, beat them four to one. It was a mixture of like a couple of their starters versus all of their bench players versus their high level. To like reserve team players, yeah. So it was it was a good team, but you could tell that they weren't that the Monarchs weren't gelled. Sacramento me. ripped them apart four to one. So, and then you go to LAFC, but if literally one little thing goes differently, Sacramento takes them into extra time. You sit back, things a call goes your way, penalties, you win the game. That is such a memorable moment for yeah. a club. Like, do, do you remember when FC Cincinnati two years I do. ago made that run yeah, and to they the, the semi-final? Yes, I do. To the semi-final. And it was that, a big me, deal,
1: and everyone was excited.
0: So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like
1: Ajax getting to the semi-finals of the Champions League. We know they're never going to win it. So what is it? I don't know. I don't know. They were this close to they winning were, it, okay, Maybe that's a, a disanalogy. It's like Roma getting to the semi-finals yeah. last year. We knew they were never going to win the Champions League.
0: But I think with U.S. soccer, like, if you have a really good championship team, a team a team in the championship, you might be able to, if you're all on form and you're all gelling,
1: you Pull might be able to knock out. off
0: a couple of lower teams. Like, okay, the team that won the U.S. Open Cup last year was the Houston Dynamo. They have the smallest budget in Major League Soccer. Yeah, They play really well. But if you come up against Houston Dynamo with a solid game plan with a couple, maybe like three or four players that could be in major league soccer, but yeah. for whatever reason, they're not. I I just think that if you're playing well enough, you can knock off that team. Yeah. Because not every major league soccer team values the open cup. Yeah. Like it, it, it happens every year that two, like one or two lower level teams knock off major league soccer yeah. teams yeah, like amateur teams Eric Winalda has coached amateur teams the, the Las Vegas lights coach has coached amateur teams multiple times that knocked off major league soccer teams yeah and then they go out and party and drink because they're yeah.
1: they don't they care did it. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: um <laughs> they're amateurs yeah so I, uh, that's it I it's hard. I, so it's, maybe maybe I was i I, harsh. I do
0: disagree with you but I see where you're coming yeah. from like you you're saying you would rather prioritize the league, league and making playoffs because that is a better feel show yeah in, in a sense like that is a better representation of the club, yeah than they had one trying to yeah potentially get past a team yeah. that is spending millions of dollars yeah. on transfers and. Yeah tens of millions in for wages you know every year or
1: maybe an analogy that works better in this for this case is a middle to top table championship team in in second division english mm. soccer team that prioritizes the fa cup over
0: getting promoted the, yeah yeah
1: because they're gonna go up they're gonna be relegated the next year most likely because they have no funding yeah it. they just the way the the financial gap is just so big now that they know they're never going to be a top team in the premier league but they 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 get one shot at beating you know i think of wigan like a league one team that took out man city two years ago or whatever yeah 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 in the fa cup like they probably still sit around at the local pub and talk about the one time that you yeah, know. the next time I'm, that a Wigan fan <laughs> comes across a Man City fan, <laughs> yeah, it's just Man City fans are like,
0: oh, we're gonna win the league, we're like, gonna win. Remember the, league. the like, FA Cup? Mm, you didn't yeah. win the FA Cup two years ago, yeah. did you?
1: No, I was there at yeah. Wigan when you
0: lost. Yeah, at... I, I threw that bottle on the field. Yeah, no, no, I, no. <laughs> I, I I'd attacked you, Sergio. Yeah. Like, where, I was your assailant. Yeah, <laughs> but um,
1: yeah. Anyway, maybe I, that maybe that's somewhere some way that you're thinking about the U.S. Open Cup. Well, I, I also know.
0: just like I like stories. I like yeah. I know Sacramento's the underdog when it comes to the open cup. Yeah. And it's different than them playing in the league because they're in not the league really they're, the, they're the giant. Yeah. You know, they're oh, you don't want to go to Sacramento because it's hard to play there. And they have support they're so organized. And,
1: you know, they have an MLS bid coming up and
0: Yeah. But in the open cup it's like, Oh hey, Sacramento's yeah. like a good championship team. You know, I'm thinking from a major league soccer team's perspective hey, they're a good championship team, but I bet we can still knock them off because they're only at the championship. Yeah. And we're the big boys. Yeah. And that to me, go like it in my head as going from, oh, we're the, one of the best in the league in league play to then that is kind of like a, I'm not used to that. Like, yeah. So I go like, wait a minute. Just because you play in this, Higher league doesn't mean that we can't beat you. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. But still, we want to be
1: like you. And I just love the drama of the Open Cup. If I'm
0: honest, I just love the drama. Yeah, I love the narratives that come out of it. That's fair. But I would, if this is the game we lose, if we lose against Reno, and then we go next Saturday to El Paso, or yeah, go to El Paso, who have a pretty good defense, and we lose against them. Yeah. And then we come back home. I can't remember who we play next because it's crazy. Madness. And we don't get a result there. Like That's rough. I'm going to... Ah, uh, uh, yeah.
1: It's going to be 2017 season where we were like, Eighth. are the playoffs going to happen? It came down to the second to last game. I hated that. Yeah. I did not like that. Yeah. It kind of sucked. You're like, oh.
0: Okay, so then last question because we know the show has gone long. Really long. Woo. But... There's a lot to talk about. I want to ask you one more question, Nolan. Okay. okay. If you had your choice to pick which game you lose. Oh, I just
1: said I wanted to avoid this kind of game. And okay. which
0: game you win. And I'm going to phrase it in this sense. Okay. Knowing that winning the league or w- winning this league game means that we are guaranteed a top.
1: Four spot.
0: Top four spot. Okay. Winning the Open Cup means that we are guaranteed at least three matches against Major League Soccer teams.
1: So, would I rather? Get would you a rather home playoff game, home playoff game, or, or play MLS so three beat times?
0: two Major League Soccer teams
1: Ooh.
0: and play a third? Because when you're getting to that third game, that's the that's semifinals? like I'm pretty sure that's the semifinals.
1: Yeah. Ah oh, man, would, what would you rather do? So. What's a
0: better story for you? What's what's better for the I, club? What's a better story? I
1: don't want to say that you've convinced me because you haven't. <laughs> because okay, I good. still know that the league is more important because we play in the USL and we are a USL team. But this better story is going down to LA and whooping up on some Carlos Velas and you know whoever there, who's or the or cage. we play portland we go to or portland we play seattle yeah or, uh, like, or san jose san jose what we, if san Jose's that we second go, game we where go it's down like okay or whatever yeah
0: like okay maybe you beat la yeah. galaxy two. and
1: they they try to zone only man mark us and we just yeah, and we rip just, them to shreds yeah they look at us like hayden Dum-. partain scores yeah. a curling shot from 30 yeah. yards out
0: and it just like takes off his shirt and yeah, yeah.
1: and then we're like we're in this via stadium and we're just going nuts and san jose fans are just like what is happening that's a beautiful story. And that's kind of what I love about the Champions League and about the FA Cup and about yeah. tournaments in general. Right. It's it's very, quite sexy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What
1: about you? What would.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I think I, I know I, what you're going to yeah, say. I'd take the, the yeah. Open Cup for sure. Um, yeah. Because I, I don't think finishing seventh would be terrible for Sacramento this season. I, I I would. I don't see.
1: This doesn't seem like a team that has the legs or the stamina or the mental strength to make it through a long grueling USL se- t- season and finish in the top four.
0: They they don't feel like that right now, which is kind of why I'm. Yeah. It's easy for me to say that. Um. Yeah this this doesn't feel like a team that's got it all together. Yeah. I think that there were good signings made. Sam Warner bringing back a couple of guys.
1: Juan Barahona.
0: Yeah, Juan Barahona. We'll see. You know, yeah. Jerry's still out. We haven't seen him play yet. Yeah. It looks like a good signing. But I think that central striker is still a problem, which is not something I would have said going into the season. No. So I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. But.
1: We'll say hi to Emma Clemente. Yeah. He plays for, for Reno. Reno. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um,. And there's going to be another busy long show next week, next week as well. Um, but hopefully, we'll have a little bit more time to do some analysis because I'll be done with school. There's not a wedding this weekend. No. Um, so, yeah. thanks <laughs> thanks if you're still listening. Thanks for yeah. sticking around. <laughs> uh, listening to our mad babies. Yeah. Hopefully, um,
1: we can upload a 75 minute episode to <laughs> iTunes. Oh, gosh. Uh, I didn't even
0: think about that you might hear this show in a month yeah Um, (laughs) it's gonna take a while oh gosh all right well um thank nolan thanks for coming on the show with me today it's late it it is i'm going to uh yep all right guys as always glory glory Sacramento. sacramento